Just Hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have Eli here, TAFE extraordinaire, Mr. Robert Whitaker, and a very special guest, Mr. Tyson Pedro. Thank Thanks you for, for coming, boys. Thank you very much Thanks for having, for having me. me again. Isn't awesome. it your podcast? Yeah, it is yeah, his yeah. podcast. Okay. Well, Tyson, you're thank a special you, thank guest. Thank you for coming on, Rob. But much like my sessions, I, I sometimes don't come in. Yeah. Yep. He, but he's, he's up there about 20, 30% of his sessions, so it's yep. good. And for the, what, how many podcast episodes? 20, 30% as well? A little under that. 10, yeah. 10%. I try to get here once once a year. No, not too much. I just, um, I'm more of an icon. Like I'm, I'm more of like a... Just a okay. <laughs> face. <laughs> face <laughs> face of the brand. Just like a massive. And then Fab, you just no, do no, all the no. work. Not a face, like we have a logo here. I'm more of a, like a mascot. Mascot, okay. Speaking of um, mascots, yes. I uh, saw your game of basketball today. I'm just no, there's no segue at all. There's no segue. <laughs> this is really no speaking problem. of mascots, no segue. Yeah. Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> just the basketball straight away. Um, I think a lot of viewers are probably wondering, like all seven viewers are wondering, who the better basketball player is. You know, it's me. We saw his shots. Rob, we uh, saw his we, shots. We play different positions, so it's very hard to gauge at. Yeah. Well, Not very hard, I'll just say we won. So What was the score? I think it was 7-3. No, the, the problem is Tyson's uh, like a like a power forward and I'm more of like a Defensive back. Do not. I thought he was going to. I thought. He, I, I thought he was going to say shooter. Then and I was going to shut that down real Defensive quick. Back line. You're no. like a ball carrying lock. No, I'm more like. No. To, to be fair, I'm more of a shooter. I'm more of a shooter. But the the boys wouldn't give me the ball. At one stage, I his hands no were time. like this. I, I had no ball time for the whole time. He was a permanent screen. <laughs> As a fixture. I'm screening. I'm just going to roll, coach. How's how's the prep coming for this next fight? I'll ask you first. Yours. Very good. Uh, I had I actually had this week off because I was like a little bit underweight and just uh, Cowboys does like four or five sessions a, uh, like in a day and I was, you just don't want to miss out on anything. He's br- he brings in all the best coaches, um, all the best guys. It's invite only onto his ranch, and then I was still doing my sessions at Jackson Wink. So. It's uh, there was a lot of session. I didn't want to miss out on anything. Can you explain then what the setup is? Who you're training with? How, how like, yeah, talk, uh, yes. discuss. I will. Uh, the, so Jackson, I, I I train at out of Jackson Wink. So uh, most of the sessions there, they have their pro classes in the morning. There's so many people that they split the pro classes into weight um categories. So it's one fifty five below, one fifty five up. Um, that's a funny one because some people confuse it and they think if they fight at 155 they still try and go in that class so you've got yeah. someone walking around at 180 punching on with the little guys but no 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 they had to stop it because there was just too many people but they were trying yeah. it was like I know how big you are you're, like, <laughs> you're bigger than me but uh, uh, so I do those uh, that session in the morning and uh, I was staying at the ranch this time uh, how far away is the ranch? 45 minutes um but he's just it's a cool setup um he's got his own gym there he's got dorms for fighters he's uh there's everything on there we um so say you're doing um he'll go strength and conditioning like five or six uh straight to swim sprints straight to sparring then we'll wakeboard all day have some beers and then spar again in the night so the, i was just dropping weight like crazy i was trying to eat in between those sessions and how, how do you eat at the lodge like he's, he's well he's got food there like it's it's not like 
deserted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How do you eat? Pretty that's much the same way I eat everywhere else. But <laughs> his hands, Rob. Like, <laughs> is there a, is there a kitchen? Does he provide yeah, food? No. For the kitchen? Um, so he, you guys go do your groceries. Yeah. Um. He like well, one of the things he has like keto meals sent out. He gets everything sent out. He's got so many people that send him out stuff. But uh, and Walmart's just down the road. There, he's got two parts to his actual house. He's got his house where he stays, and then he's got uh like where people stay on the ranch that also help on the ranch like helping hands as well as um fighters as well so we can go in there and cook but they're in the uh middle of building the kitchen for okay, the dorm so, fighters so it, more or less it's his prep like his his camp and his his program for himself and every, he invites a bunch of guys to come and just join him yeah so he, he he invites uh people that are either his weight um or that he needs for sparring or he just invites about us that he meets along the way and he goes hey man i think like i'd like to have you there it's cool and then even the coaches he flies coaches over did you just call yourself a badass well <laughs> i picked up on it not, <laughs> i didn't want to say anything. not because you're directly, not his weight not not directly so he doesn't invite his weight but he invites badasses that are also not his weight and i oh actually i got invited so yeah, yeah, yeah i guess by I guess. right i'm a badass yeah. you are you are <laughs> I saw that uh, last well, well he he goes he goes you can fly out whoever you want uh to come stay on the ranch and I was like, that's a lot of money. I'll just train with the like guys. <laughs> you like, come here, come here, hey, come here. You're that guy. You're the guy from like <laughs> I'm the one sneaking the 155. Like, hey, boys, 155. <laughs> now, but I saw like even earlier on before you came onto the podcast, your diet was really strict because you're following the, the Polynesian keto diet. Yeah, right? yeah. Real yeah. strict. So yeah. lots of taro, uh, just KFC. Heavy, yeah, KFC. But you have the coleslaw, not the, yeah. not the mashed potato. Both. Just to <laughs> make sure they break break each other down. No, right. I'm working with uh, um, a nutritionist, Moody. Uh, he's um, been awesome. He keeps my weight on point. But I'm always, I, I'm, I, I like walking around my fight weight anyway. I don't really like the sauna and... So when I see people like walking around like death the day before, it doesn't make sense to me. It's horrible, eh? Yeah, how much do you weigh then? How much do you weigh when you're just walking around like normally? Probably max 100, 101. All right. Yeah. Um, how's your prep going, Rob? Yeah, perfect. This is probably the best prep I've ever had. Um, we didn't have to rush because I got sick and everything. We got the training started so, so far out. Um, was preparing for Commonwealth Games that didn't happen, and then I just went off the back of that went straight to the prep, straight into the camp, and just yeah, this is this is probably the best I've ever been. No injuries, no illness, no sickness. The fittest I've ever been, sharpest I've ever been. I'm I'm really looking forward to, to how I'm going to come out there June what, 9. What happened with the Commonwealth Games? Um, it, it was one of those things where like my fight got signed just like a couple of weeks before oh, the games okay. and then UFC were like you know well you can you can compete but if you get injured we're, we're stripping you <laughs> we're stripping you oh that's it strip. yeah yeah right. and I was like well okay mm, okay <laughs> sorry sorry yeah. Australia yeah yeah <laughs> but, what's, uh, so what's the training day consist of for you for um, so I'm on a strict program, the same program we've been on for years. You know, we make adjustments in between fights, but more or less it's the, the same program. We hit up about five to six sessions a day, as, as, as little as three, as maximum as six, you know, seven days a week. It's just a, just a constant thing. You know, every, a sparky or a plumber goes out and they work their nine to five every day and more or less do the same. You know, I get my, my 42 hours a week in or whatever it is. And yeah, you just see the progress. You see that you see that endurance and that capacity for training increase as you just keep doing it, keep doing it. It's not easy. Sometimes you get tired. Sometimes sometimes you have bad days where you don't get a good night's sleep and whatnot. But uh, you just get in there, worry about getting through the warm up, 
You taught me that one, mate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, you just get through it. It's only easy day was yesterday. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. And uh, so, how how'd you how how did you get started into mixed martial arts, into martial arts in general, etc.? MMA. Yeah, that was through my dad. Just we've always done martial arts. Started karate at a very young age, Japanese jiu-jitsu and uh, kempo karate. And then it just uh, progressed from there. We went on to amateur boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, and then eventually just went to MMA. I, so I was amateur boxing for a while, and I was the same thing. I wanted to go to the Olympics. Uh, and then after a couple of years, I just I knew that something didn't feel right. Like I still wanted to kick someone and wrestle, and that boxing wasn't there. How many boxing fights did you have? I think eight or nine. So... So, uh, growing up, where, where'd you grow up? Because your dad's not from here, eh? No, he's born in Oceanside, California. My mum's born in Penrith. She's <laughs> no, local. Yeah, no, uh, yes, she's in Nepean Hospital. We were all born in Nepean Hospital, so we grew up here. My dad came over from the States, met my mum, and then I yeah, grew up. Actually, I grew up in Oberon at first. Oh, in way the country. Out, yeah, way out, and then we came back to Penrith. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Your dad was out here for a no. Mormon mission. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to uh, delve into yeah. this. My um, uh, my dad. So I grew up Mormon as well. Uh, wasn't uh, no longer Mormon. I can so obviously no tattoos, no a lot of things that I do. And uh, um, uh, dad came on his mission. His dad before he passed away wanted my dad to go uh, on his mission. So dad went on his mission. Came over here. Met my mum. Mum chased dad back and then came back over here. Dad was actually, I think, um, I think it was Arizona State. He wanted, he wanted to make the NFL, so he was playing linebacker for. Pretty sure it was Arizona State. Might mess it up, but yeah. And then you know, got with my mum and then kept fighting over here. So are you a U.S. citizen? Yep. Oh wow, that's got to have some advantages. Very lucky. Over. Don't have to do <laughs> yeah. a visa. I can stay there as long as I want. Yeah. Um, just yeah makes a big difference for training as well like a lot of the guys that are over there have to fly back just to do their visa to come back mm. what's uh now obviously it's good can you so what advantages other than that like you, you can just stay there and work you can yeah uh for like like i like i'm a full-blown citizen so you can buy i could buy a house there i can set up companies over there it helps a lot for the ufc obviously with uh mm. um you don't don't get done with that foreign tax. I was about to say. Oh, I'm pretty uh, well. Now I've actually heard this year the government is that true that they're going to bump up for sports or professional athletes to fifty percent. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, yeah. What would you even joke about that? Yeah, like, that is, please, yeah, please, it's not it. it's not good news. But so well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a professional athlete. <laughs> so I'm not even an amateur. Say again. Fifty percent. Yeah. So uh, Andrew Fafita, I think, was saying. So I'm I'm planning oh. on going to Switzerland for a little bit. I'm hoping that's a uh, lie. Like I'm, I'm hoping. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> I put, I put me in panic mode. I was like, oh, oh, we're, like you make a bit more than me, but I'm already not making enough. So if you're gonna take half, oh, that's <laughs> <it's> ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's uh, you just killed that conversation. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, no my, uh, see yeah. you boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go talk. I'm gonna go talk <laughs> to my. I'm gonna go talk to some uh, people. My accountant. Your your dad's Samoan. Yeah, uh, American Samoan. So. And and did he end up in the US to play football or, or what was his story? No, they um, cuz tell yeah. us a little bit about your dad cuz your dad's instrumental yeah. in uh uh MMA here in Australia. Yeah, his uh, uh parents I believe it was because I, I hate telling stories that I'm not 100% but I think his dad moved uh to the Camp Pendleton which was the army or marine base there and then that's when they all moved over to Oceanside. 
so um that was still a bit racist back then and uh that's actually why dad doesn't speak um Samoan either so his parents didn't want him speaking it over there wanted him to speak all English and then that sort of got lost as well to us so that's one big thing that I want to get back into our family bringing our culture back in uh then yeah so dad uh it was uh it, pretty rough over there it was um dad was uh they were just chucked in with the Mexicans like we were talking about before because it's the closest thing to brown can your dad speak Spanish uh, he, question, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure he like does a little bit so I, but it's like more like <laughs> hola papi <laughs> no, no. He, he does a little bit he does, I've, I've heard him talk to a couple of Spanish people but it's like real bad like if they're going to say that beautiful green tree he'd probably know tree so yeah. uh, please never say that to me again <laughs> <laughs> destroyed the podcast you looked right in my eyes when i said yeah that. it was, was fucking it? weird <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was disgusting yeah uh, it i got a little bit fucking i got sick i feel sick i threw up in my mouth i saw the table move a bit don't lie <laughs> um and now you're you're the first person in the ufc it was, it was your bam bam that fought it was the first person you've seen with us cultural t- t- yeah t- me it was me um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah I got it done with dad sorry um, I, I've got it done with dad I, that's when I when dad was explaining how the culture was moved out uh, from our family that's when I was decided I was like well I want to go get it done and I wanted to get it done with dad can you uh, explain the background of the actual tattoo uh, the, so the story was like with our culture so um, it's usually meant for high chiefs and my full name's Tyson Yoani Sali Viali Maquisa Pedro dad passed on Viali and uh, uh, some of our families like the Matai chiefs which are the chiefs so uh, I decided I want to get it done with dad and uh, when we got it done that was actually a crazy experience for me so it was um, it's hard to explain because it's so much more painful than a normal tattoo and uh, when you see someone else wearing it you know straight away and you have that respect for them because it's so uh, like so painful some people said that it wasn't um, that they didn't have it do it hard but I usually call them liars because it was the, one of the hardest experiences especially the biggest one is when two grown men are holding your butt cheeks open and there's another one hitting in. Because <laughs> I, I grew up with a lot of Islander dudes and I know dudes that have had that done. Yeah. Can you explain exactly? Because when you said two grown men hold your butt cheeks uh, open and put... You know, uh, could, put it into context? Yeah. So um, you have uh, people that sit with you and they pull the skin because if they don't do a good job, it stays looser and it starts so, pulling sorry, the skin. Okay. For, uh, can you explain where to where the tattoo's from? Oh, it goes straight for, all the way from my hips to the bottom of my knees. The most common question is my dick tattooed. No, it's, there's like a little triangle there that goes around it. Uh, there's a little bit on the belly button as well. Um, but but uh, everywhere else is tattooed. Yeah. I feel. Don't that dare you tattooed. ask me to see it because no 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 no, no, no after no, no, you no, looked in my it. eyes, <laughs> then you after I said puppy, don't don't ask me to see my Explain, butt. <laughs> what, what are you tattooed with? What what the tattoo? Uh, so the with? tools uh, originally it was like shark tools or uh, or turtle shell and they would sharpen it and file it dip it into ink and then hit it but now they're sort of moving more towards metal because if you see a lot of the older guys even the tad uh, the ink itself was like um made with like ash so it goes green or and it spreads so now they're using metal sharpened metal proper tools and uh so you got it done with what a metal and um uh it's with just a, cleaner with, a, with yeah. a gun no 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 Oh, they, they, they smack Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've got the video for it's you. I'll show you yeah. after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is out of this world. Yeah. I'm so, just uh, you, thinking about it. It's yeah. like... So, uh, most people do it in like uh, 
so, like some will try and do it in two weeks but um caleb mark Huntson, he just finished it in two weeks uh but i did it over a few years just with training and stuff i was getting it's so easy to get infections i was going to shock as well we're still with training um uh but yeah um like even so you do it with your partner and it's supposed to half the pain and when i did it with dad like uh, i was getting my knees done which were one of the worst for me i think the knees my hips and um my belly button were the worst for me they were the worst because that is not where i imagine it being the worst yeah no it was the worst they were, like they're the most vivid ones like even up in my crutch and the place oh. to the bone, eh? yeah right on the, the knee was terrible like they so they sit you up they bend your knee and then one holds and then they yeah hit into it because i have to really pull out the skin and it's black like if you see the quad like the quad was actually not that bad because it's so black it's sort of just like eventually it's just like battered meat and it just goes numb but it's the little ones like so they'll do the whole design and once they get back and this part's all red then they'll come back with the little one and they go dink 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 and that's the hardest part out there and you see sorry rob go how long does it take well like i said i did it over a few years but they um some people do it two weeks and they'll do like two sessions a day which is like six hours each session maybe so what was it day for two weeks yeah <clears throat> So, wow. but like, and some, so you you've got to massage it. Like, there's a full process to try and to stay away from infection. And, uh, uh yeah, it's uh, and like, it, even sterile wise, it's probably not the like most sterile because they're still using the same. T- it's not like the fresh needles and stuff. Mm. Like, it, they still wash them and everything, but it's still a little bit freshy styles because it was like if you if you died from it, it's like oh well, you weren't fit to wear the tattoo <laughs> Rob, there, no, there's, there's a high possibility that blood loss and shock may have had something but you're also not yeah no you're just you're not meant for <laughs> weak. it weak <laughs> weak bad manner there you go and and yours yours was um when you when you got it done the the pain that you experienced throughout like out of 10 some of those i was thinking 10 like some of them i was sitting there going I'm out. I'm out. like you just want to tap, and like one of them I was doing real hard, and Dad came over and like what, what was it? My knee, uh, because I think they went knee straight to belly button uh, for the last one, and uh, I was <laughs> the like the two most painful. Yeah, <clears throat> and as soon as Dad touched me, I started crying. Don't even know why I was crying. Like I, my body was just like I was just broke. Yeah, as soon, uh, like what, a, what about compared to your your other tattoos? Oh no, nothing. This one, I think I did uh, twelve hours straight with one of the with Max. There was some alcohol involved in that, but there was yeah. Brace rot compared to oh yeah, nothing. You fall, I would fall asleep with some most of them. But yeah, that was. Do you have any? That was. I I'm still trying to get over the fact that someone was hammering your the needle in all over your body. And people do that 12 hours a day for two weeks. I think I've got a quick that video. Is, that so is can... unreal. That is unreal. Like, yes, uh, there's like some guys that get two guys going at the same time to try and get it done how faster. Is he, how is your dad getting it done? Same same way. Like, was he same uh, as you? No, no, like, no, no. He was in pain way? as well. Yeah. He was in pain as well. Did yeah. you have to like spot him? Yeah, I, I, as whenever I was home, I was, I was sitting with him as well. And uh, same thing. He was, was this? Like, where did they do it? Here or in? I Samoa? did it. No, in Saint Clair. Us, uh, Patello Suluapi moved over from Samoa to here, and it's because it's family tattooists. They pass it on from generation to generation. It's like not everyone can just tattoo. 
Not like that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps asking well, for it's hard as well because like if they're not good, some people hit it's it harder. Asking for trouble. So this is me getting my the side of my leg done. The tapping is my yeah. yeah. Is there any way to put this on, Eli? No, Fab. Only if you <laughs> can this be seen. Oh. Terribly. No, because the focus. No, I can't. Doesn't be. matter. But there's a picture of Tyson face down. It's yeah. it's ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So you know how some guys get tattoos and they do. You know I mean that that's yeah. a sign of toughness. It's. It's not when well, it's it's a, it is like a sort of the coming of becoming like a coming of age yeah, yeah, or a rite sure, of passage. Sure, the pain sure. is the journey, right? Yeah. <coughs> no, well, that's the biggest thing. So. And yeah. and the risk of infection is very real because I understand. Ty, were sure. you there when Ty got his done? Yeah, uh, I've I went to some um, some of his sessions, but I think I went. There. Did he get it done in Saint Clair as well? Same guy, same tattooist. Are you family? Uh, now. Now, because somebody married somebody's sister, am I yeah, correct? Yeah, my sister. They had just had a baby. Oh, okay, nephew. congratulations. Yeah. And, so. and, but he got it done. Yeah, he had an infection. Because uh, I heard his infection's bad. Yeah, it went, um, so it, there's one line that goes inside and it goes up to your crotch area and they had to actually remove his testicles. Both testicles? Yeah. So, so. how's he fighting that? It's <laughs> not funny, man. Try not to laugh. I can't believe you laugh. I tried not to laugh. But I'm not. I'm not laughing like a poor guy. No. Hey, Ty, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to hear your loss. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. so that was really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, sad, sad but day. But how did it happen? Like, I'm pretty sure he's got prosthetics now. Oh, because of the infection. So the doctor, they're just it just two, spread. Yeah, they're two rubber. They're two prosthetic rubber balls now. Fuck. Well, there you go. Yeah. Really Doctors these days, yeah. they? they can do anything. Sometimes when they hit together, they make a noise. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not funny, dude. Why are you laughing? How does that noise go? <laughs> <laughs> Someone ringing a bell around here? <laughs> did he get infected? <laughs> yeah, because he he, he's had a few rough trips. He almost <laughs> lost his arm too. Well, it's because Ty is like, well, one hard-headed and just like he's just a freshie. So if he's gone to hospital, it's because it's bad. Like uh, the um, he waited until that infection got real bad. And how bad did the infection get? Was it like well, staff? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So you could see it was just red all the way through. Um, and then he had uh, so. There's a lot of superstitions with it as well. So I, I, I think it was the right leg's your dad's side, the um, left leg's your mum, mother's side. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's like your relationship with them is how the pain as well goes through it. And he actually had to get cut into his tattoo and he, he was like, no, don't cut, don't cut into it because he had his uh, ACL when he, when he did his knee. And um, uh after that, I'm pretty sure, like he had a. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. So they said because he, when he got cut, cut into it, then he lost all feeling in his arm. So he had the surgery. I don't know if you remember that. What where he was out for a year, so his arm was like this, and the other one hit the anus. The uh, I'm gonna say this wrong. 
what's the you're looking at me like i know what you're talking about anesthetic <laughs> no well the person that gives the anesthetic anesthesis i was trying i was like i'm gonna mess this up straight but so the, uh, because he laid on it they didn't move him around he woke up and he went to go and his arm just fell down he had nothing in uh, in his arm some he fell asleep n- on nerve, his arm yeah nerve damage so the whole surgery was out like that so i think he didn't have movement for like four months and he was still couldn't pick up things up until when months. he was like pr- pretty much the whole year so right before what his year fight is this? What you? his that year that he had off so he only when was his first fight the beginning of this this year yep. so, oh, beginning like, of last, yeah, last year, year yeah. it was the beginning of last year was this so, after he fought in like Paul Gray, uh, Peter Graham and that yeah so he had it was James McSweeney was his last fight in the AFC right and then he did his knee and then that's when the, when he had the surgery for that uh, happened to his arm and that's when he lost the feeling in his arm mm. so and how close did he come to losing his arm well they I was scared as well um, I was like they're gonna have to do something to the hospital or like at least look into it because he was supposed to be able to still do stuff with his arms and train while he was at, like out for his knee and then to wake up and not have no feeling or nothing in his arm you should have seen it it was like a little kid's arm and then this one was just full size because he, he couldn't do anything with it couldn't pick up anything couldn't squeeze atrophy <coughs> yep with it away yep so uh that was his little thing that he had when they cut into it but um my one with dad uh we were just so you're supposed to get it done pretty quick and there's a lot of rules and uh with it and uh we were waiting a long time and then i broke my leg really badly when uh, uh, 2013 and I was out for like 18 months uh, rugby league or union union so what level union did you play low level oh just for <laughs> fun <laughs> and fun no, like, no it was um, no it was just club club and um, uh, running had a guy on my back and then a guy came underneath fully dislocated the ankle and um, uh, a spiral fracture in my fibula oh so because when it tried to come out it snapped that way there was too much pressure on it spiral fractures are terrible yeah so I went to had the surgery uh, they, they put a bolt through my ankle came back six weeks later pumped let's start walking and they go they put the wrong bolts in because they should have it's a spiral fracture they should have plated that straight away so your bone's almost coming out of the skin you've got to go back into surgery tomorrow oh, so, six yeah. months they took no that was six weeks that oh, was six, six weeks. weeks and then because I had to have the surgery again another few months and then uh when i got back for the last surgery they realized the ankle wasn't put in properly so they had to shave and then put the ankle back in so uh, all up i wasn't back into training till 18 months oh that, wow yeah um and like i was having massive problems with that whole left side of my body um because i had my leg jacked up for the crutches for so long so my hip flexor was locked i was having problems with my back uh still don't have full uh flex uh, uh flexion of the ankle like dorsiflexion so, yeah like yeah lifting the toe up gets jammed it's like concrete once it hits um but yeah made it work i was scared i wasn't gonna fight again just uh because i messed up that bad so it just kept going longer 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 and then i couldn't move my leg so and coming back becomes harder and harder and harder yeah the further and longer you mm. get so i just started training like it was normal just see me grappling i had like one leg sticking out to the side and i was like <laughs> Still trying to deadlift with a moon boot on. Oh my god! What's um? So so going back to your dad because we we asked you a question about your dad oh, and then right. you just went on a tangent. Yeah. Please please don't do that again. We yeah. stick to Stop. exactly to the topic, <laughs> mate. Here in, the, in this podcast. Yeah. Um. So your dad 
then he came back over here and, yep. and he, is that when he ran King of the Cage? Can you tell us about that? Yep. Can you tell us about that time as well in your yep. life, what that was like? Before I do, the whole reason I was bringing the my leg broke up, so the superstitions with Will's in a partnership, um, straight after I got out of the moon boot, dad broke his leg, same bone, same place, How? same leg. Uh, he got kicked in sparring. So like it was a fracture right on the same part on his fibula. So then we're like, okay, let's go finish the tap. Back to your question with the king of the cage. Who who kicked your dad? Because your dad's a rather robust dude. No, it was just a calf kick. Calf kick, um, inspiring. uh, One of his guys that he was training, just a little kick. Dad went down and was like, you broke my leg. He was like, nah, you're messing around. He goes, nah, no, it's broken. And then went in with fracture. And your dad's got those big Polynesian legs. Full tree trunks. Yeah. But yeah. I always, I'm always scared of that because like my bones are like, I've got like little legs. You know, and I always yeah. think if they break that guy's legs. Yeah. Well, he's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess with uh, old age comes, he's just got an older man. I've seen that guy just beast people like since i was a kid you know we same like growing up though with tony Bonello, they'd go to gyms and offer people out back in the old school days they're like who's your best guys will fight them because they couldn't even get fights so uh even with king of the cage that was a crazy time and uh, pretty much why i've gotten into fighting i was opening the cage door and doing all the shows and uh, how old were you 12 between 12 and 14 somewhere around that that age um uh, and uh, yeah, just seeing all those James Tahuna, Tony Bonello, all those guys coming through. Uh, I've been training with James and Thomas since I was a kid, and when we that first started in our garage, so I've been sparring with him for years. It was always bound to happen that like I was going to get into fighting, and uh, Dad never wanted me to because uh, when he was doing MMA, it was there was no money in it, terrible fight promotions in Australia, so he was like, just go to school. Ended up fighting, got a hiding because I told him I wanted to fight professionally. You told your dad I want to fight professionally and your dad... Gave me the hiding of my life. In the cage or just like in, in the, the backyard? No, yeah. in the ring. He's like, oh, you want to fight? Okay, let's go. Just spar. Please discuss. Oh, I, th- I've, I have told this story. I don't know if you've heard it, but um, uh, we went into the ring. Everyone was in the gym. Uh, we were sparring. It was probably like when I started putting a bit... I think I was like 16. I started putting a bit of weight behind my hands caught him with a clean right and his eyes he does the same thing that Mark Hunt does they like glaze over and it's like soulless fob rage yeah it's like soulless yeah. you know how you just can't see oh, you know what I mean so yeah much. you can't see it and it's like they just look straight through you you're not a real person and this is where I die today <laughs> so he, he looked at me and he was like come on Bobby and I was like, who is Bobby? <laughs> I just started running, bro. I started running. So I ran and then- For really called you Bobby? Yeah, yeah. Because he was fighting a guy named Bobby. So like he was had a plan for a fight. I think a guy, someone, um, Bobby. Yeah, he had a fight coming up with Bobby. And dad, as every, nice as he is now, and everyone says, man, your dad's the nicest bloke in the world. I was like, man, there was a different side to dad when he was like in his fighting days. And uh, yeah, he just called me, just- Quick one too, uh, broke nose, um, lost my, my fake, my front teeth were fake, like capped. So that um, I just dropped. I just remember going, oh please don't be here at the fo-. like you know when you're coming to. I was like, could hear everyone talking. Oh, he like, he slept you. Oh yeah, think. <laughs> I woke up and I looked at I looked around and it was like everyone you know when they're around the ring <laughs> yeah. pretending like they didn't see what happened. <laughs> no one no one no one's gonna help me no one saw this child abuse not not one of them not one there was not one witness nothing so i i grabbed my teeth 
um, went to get out and he was like, where are you going? Just still a minute 30 on the clock. So he just got back in and he made me just punch him in the face for the last minute 30 and he tried to bite my hands the whole time. So I, I'd whole imagine that you weren't up. putting the same amount of pep behind No, no, punch. no. I was crying the whole yeah. time going, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to even fight anymore. <laughs> but yeah, they're the, I, I guess they're the vital lessons that you, where, where we are today, like especially with martial arts. When we were, I thought dad was always trying to kill me and hated me. Um, we were, like when I went for my purple belt, I had a panic attack. Uh, he made me stand in horse stances. It was like twenty or thirty minutes, and he just walked around and put go arms out, and then with the bow, stuff, skink, kendo stick, bang, just hitting. Your jiu-jitsu so. purple belt. Japanese jiu-jitsu. Oh, because I was gonna say, yeah. well, I got my purple belt. No <laughs> we one did like me. we did like a hard roll. I don't know where no no man came out with a stick and started hitting me over the head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a couple basic sweeps. <laughs> no, I didn't even do that. <laughs> barbecue at the end. Yeah, we had, I remember the barbecue at the end. I think it. someone whipped me with the belt once or something. Yeah, no, no, not even. Not even. No. Not even. No. Yeah, if I'd have seen like if somebody said, "Oh, there's gonna be like giant islanders have to hit you with a stick." I'd be like, nah. I don't golf, like golf, jiu-jitsu. Golf <laughs> What's that? What's Tai Chi or something? I yeah, think something that, with yeah. no contact. Hug <laughs> pool. So, so your your dad um, obviously was. Ma- oh, I want to know something. Oh, yes. I, I want to know when that happened in the cage. Mm-hmm. When you went home, holding your teeth. Mm-hmm. Your mum. mum's reaction. Oh, devastated. But that um, so. There was it was like a little bit of a break stage because that's when my parents had split up. Oh. So I was still living with dad, so I had no one to go for a hug. Oh. <laughs> so I, I'd just come back and dad was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, and I was Did like, he drive you to the doctors? No, that, as soon as we walked out, I was still crying and he hugged me and he was like, okay, you can fight if you want. <laughs> so he gave you a hug though? Oh no, a good hug. Because your dad seems like no, an I, affectionate kind of I'm very very close with my dad I'm like very close with my dad um, and it, like was because of all this we've gone through a lot together even when dad broke up and I was still living with him so yeah we've I don't disapprove of that of that method of teaching <laughs> I, a lesson that not learning blood th- is soon forgotten oh, yeah, mate, like, I think if you want to fight though like, yeah if you want to take it professionally as a career 100%. I think like you're going to you're going to experience much worse than that yep. uh, and uh, even with the karate schools now I don't even think some of them are allowed to do contact and stuff and that, that you're not going to create up, create fighters it's like uh, so what, what dad's method maybe it was a little bit different but even when if you go so say you do your cert forum uh, P, PT here or um they're going to teach you certain things not to get injured. But you see all the best people in the world, they're going to the extreme. Everyone's trying to find that line between overtraining and the, and undertraining. You're always trying to push yourself. You don't know where how far you can go. And I think that's what the lessons that you're learning. Mm. I don't, yeah, that, that's, that's, you know, and that's, that's just the physical yeah. side of it, you know, of, of, of getting your ass kicked. Oh, my dad was way ahead of the game with mental yeah, side. Like, way ahead. There there, there, there must be so many lessons learned from like yep. him actually being your dad, being yep. the shock of like. Well, uh, even be- before like uh, we were going to our, um, we'd start class. Dad would come in. Uh, we'd all. Wait, he was your sensei. Yeah, yeah, and we, we'd all sit in our line lines, sit there. He'd go, uh, close your eyes. All right, do your breathing techniques. Uh, like just start getting feel your breath. He goes, everything, every problem that you've had today, last week, it all gets left at the door. You don't have no bills to pay. You don't have a fight with your wife. You, everything, we're here and now and we're going to train hard. So that that's like what today is what they would sort of call mindfulness. 
and being in the present moment and really getting in that zone. So where I, was his school? Uh, Henry Fulton in Cranebrook. Okay. So we yeah we went into the um, there. Then he had one in Ride. Um, one I think in Central Coast was where we were based out of. Uh, so we yeah we did a bit of traveling uh, and then I started teaching a little bit at the school when Dad wasn't there. Did you used to did so you moved around as a kid? Yeah, quite a bit. I was a bit of a gypsy about sixteen, uh, sixteen seventeen. Dad went over to America and I was still living with him, and then he was like, "All right, I'll be back." And then he came back a year later. <laughs> <laughs> so so where, where did you live for a year? Uh, no, uh, that's a, that's a, that's really when everything kicked off. So I got ex- I got accepted into St Mary Senior High School. Uh, which is like an academic school. Um, I was uh, living at my best mate's house, Cameron's house. Um, I lived at my grandma's for a little bit, went back to my mum's for a little bit, and I was just I was just a gypsy going around. And uh, just I would catch the train to Blacktown Hit Squad before school, go go to school, and then catch the train to Blacktown Hit Squad afterwards. But even in school, so St Mary's Senior, they're like um, I did pathways. Yeah, I was for, for academics, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, my mum's big on education, so she was always pushing the education side, and I was naturally just I never study or anything. Um, but I was just able to get through the classes. Um, I did pathways, so they split year tw- twelve into two. So you're that Highlander kid that yeah, was twenty five and playing yeah, fucking yeah, under seventeen football. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I remember them well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just uh, if you're doing a certain amount of training, then you're able to. They allow you to split it over two years. And I got to the second year, I was like, nope. <laughs> so I did half of year twelve. Uh, just. Um, did you get into uh, trouble as a kid? Were you? Nah, not really. I was a dick at school, but not like a bad kid. When like, you say you're a dick at school, what do you mean? Just smart ass like to teachers and stuff i was i I, and i think not a smart ass as in always causing trouble but um i think i always felt like an older person dad like when kids are running around dad will say sit down and like sit down and i'll sit with the adults and stuff like that so i probably felt like i was a little bit more mature than i was and then that would come across the wrong to teachers who were so uh yeah but even saint mary senior that was um uh, they when we first got there they're like we treat you like uni students so you know c- classes are a little bit optional if you don't feel like you need to study and stuff i, I would i would have run with that when that's, I was well so <laughs> uh, that's exactly how i took it well i'm gonna train during the day as well then so i'll just sit at the cafeteria go train maybe go to class um still did all right in the results but just what it wasn't for me I, di- I didn't like studying didn't like sitting in the classroom what were you like at school Rob? Uh, I was I was very socially awkward. Like was, still I'm still I'm still a bit broken. But or I don't know. I was just weird. Was weird. Like year five, I was going to school with a suitcase. <laughs> Explain <laughs> suitcase and a suit. A suitcase or a briefcase? No, a suitcase. And I nah, a what was in the suitcase? A suitcase, man. Oh, well, no. To be fair, oh, briefcase or a suitcase? Briefcase, not a suitcase. Show me your, ba- your bag now is a briefcase. <laughs> You're still carrying a briefcase. Show the camera the briefcase. It was a satchel, man. Satchel. Brother, that's a satchel. No, that's a handbag. That's a briefcase. That's a handbag. So, so tell that's us what was in the briefcase. Uh, the briefcase, like my a sandwich. Pencil case, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I had a very funny way of looking at the world, and and that went up until like year ten. Now. Like, wait, you <laughs> ca- wait, did you carry a briefcase until year ten? No, no, no. It was up until well, as 
No wonder you're so good at fighting. You had to bash everyone when they teased your briefcase. Very, very quickly, I learned that it was socially not accepted. Very quickly. Who cares? And, um, but the thing was, like, back, like where, where I grew up, like the Menai at the time, there, there wasn't a lot of, there's not a lot of housing commission there. Mm-hmm. So um, there was just like this one pocket of housing commission and the rest were, because Menai doesn't have any, any train stations. So <laughs> like you can work the math out there. Yeah. So um, I used to just hang out with the other housing commission kids and we or as housing commission kids and just like a small minority of us, we were outcasts to begin with. So I didn't really stand out too much in that sense because there were a bunch of other kids like me. But um, yeah, like growing up, going through high school, I was kind of in my own world, doing my own thing, bit, bit, bit strange. Were you, uh, were you, were you already training? Yeah. You're similar to Tyson in that? Yeah, I was, I've, I've been doing Goju-ru karate since I was like seven and then I did that up until I got my black belt and then swapped to Hapkido and, and then went from Hekido to Jiu-Jitsu, MMA, and went that, that pathway. So I was, I was training and all that, so I could defend myself, and I was always playing football, like yeah. uh, rugby league. I was, I was playing that my whole, my whole life. So, um, yeah, you know, it wasn't up until about year nine, year 10, when like, puberty kicked in properly, and uh, I got a bit bigger. And then, like, uh, it's funny, the year 10, in year 10, you know how like, a, lot of, a lot of the sports guys drop out? Or they went to the sports schools. Yep. And then I, I didn't go to the sports school, so I was like one of the sport guys, not in a sports school, left with everyone else. So you're the best sports guy in your school? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for that brief By period, default. For that brief period. And, and the, the power went straight to my head. <laughs> the, I became, I became, Peasant, <laughs> come here. I, get I be, my lunch. I became like get, the, my, get my sandwich out of my briefcase. I became, like the, I became the jock that was left behind. <laughs> what? It was, uh, when did the briefcase go, go though? Uh, what did he bring at the briefcase? <laughs> like, I think everyone's interested in the briefcase. Everyone what? is interested um, in the briefcase. I think you, like that year, that year. You seven or you five? Year five. When the oh, pa- okay, when okay. the power went to his head. <laughs> no, 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 year ten. No. So brought so, back when the power went. To his no, head. so I was, yeah. I was left there, like <coughs> in a jockless school, more or less. That it was just. When did you take your first you pro not. fight? Uh, Were you still at school? No, it was just at the end of school. So when school finished, it was that December. When um, I turned 18. And you took your first pro fight? I took my first pro fight. What, what was that? Were you very nervous for your first pro fight? I assume so. No, but you can't, it doesn't stick out that you were nervous? No, it doesn't stick out. I, can't, I can barely remember the event. What about you, Tyson? No, not at all. I'm going to ask you, you both, a, oh, sorry, go on, please. Do you get nervous before a fight? No. Hmm. I, th- I think, yeah, I think. No, same. What do you I, get, I think no, no, what do you, what's your feelings before a fight? Um... Because I've been, we've been at the back with you as well. Sometimes I get scared that I'm not nervous, if that makes sense. I like, see you walk out and you look like you are having the time of your life. Yeah, like sometimes I'm standing there and I'm going, I should feel something here and just nothing. But like I really enjoy walking out and then same thing once I bow into the cage. It's like that's that's that's. Are the, you nervous then? Okay, guys, we know now that Tyson is a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) I put it down to like uh, hundreds of karate tournaments, hundreds of Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments, amateur boxing fights. uh, Were you nervous for them though? Some of them. I can remember. I remember one of my jiu-jitsu fights. Uh, um, I got into the finals. I think it was for the ADC, oh no, uh, world title tryouts, trials, which I I won and then um, I didn't end up going. But... um, yeah, I remember that last fight. 
that's the closest thing I could feel to nerves. I was standing in front of the mirror. I was like, yeah, we've got to win this. And that was a bit about it. It's funny. Like, you don't feel nerves, but you have no problem switching on. Because I've, yeah. seen, I've seen the way you perform in there under pressure and after copping hits and yeah. taking down. Like, you, you perform well. You know, like, there's, yeah. like, a, a switch that just goes off in your head and, well, and th- you do what you need to do. Yeah. I think it's, like, and, and you know, man, like, it's, you, it's not thinking in there. I think that's when you're in the zone, when you're not thinking about it. As soon as you think it's too late. I, I, I agree. I think like you you're just in combat and yeah. once you're in combat like that's just where you live like yourself growing up through, through you know, like your whole life in the combat sports in around that environment you just you feel comfortable yeah. just make it happen whatever happens mm. happens and yeah. sorry, sorry no please um I, I i also think like us being some of the first polynesians doing martial arts coming through was a big part of it we're part of that next generation as well that's like a lifetime a lot of the guys coming in now have started mma later on in their life and i'm excited for the like the, this next generation who are doing jiu-jitsu since l4 doing badass jiu-jitsu practitioners badass stand-up fighters badass we we have uh, guys like that at the gym now and yeah. i look at them and i think Holy crap. Ten, if I let you get 10 years older, you're going to put me away. Yeah, yeah, so I've got to stop you now. Yeah. I've got to stop them now. Yeah. And just, just break, put, just break just, make sure they have like a bad knee there. injury just, or just something. Just pull that weed out. Yeah. Like cut it off at the roots. Like man. I ripped that heel hook <laughs> so bad. There's a couple of three-year-olds. <laughs> Blow out the knee now. <laughs> there's three-year-olds. In, they've got a little kid's class, like a three-year-old's yeah. class, and I put a heel hook on one of them. The yeah, make, you've yeah. got to make sure it turns. Just cow-catcher them. Just cow-catcher them. Just yeah. run them into the cage. Make sure that they've got a bad neck injury. Oh, mate. What about you, Rob? Do you get nervous? Bad. But nervous how? Are you like... um? explain that I, I don't get nervous because like i've seen guys get nervous before football and stuff throwing up and whatnot like i, I don't get that nervous i get but like um is it anxiety or nerves or nerves and anxiety it's it's if i had to if i had to call it something i'd say it's a, a fear of failure because i'm not i'm not i'm never worried about getting injured like that that is yeah. never even thought it's it's getting in there and getting it getting it put on me and looking like a bitch in front of all my family mm. and friends and and then that makes me mad and then i think oh you want to put it on me yeah and then i think like this guy has the gall to think he can put it on me and then i stimulate. so if i'm a sociopath what's that because he's having four <laughs> conversations in his no, head no, before he's, he's walking out but everyone knows <laughs> everyone knows he's a sociopath no like, I, like I, i'm the complete opposite man I, like i'm like what's the worst that can happen i get knocked out and the people who actually care about me my family and friends don't give a fuck whether i get knocked yeah. the fuck out or if i do but well. i think you have that too because we've had that conversation that like you only care about the people that care about exactly. you kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They know but I'm doing what I love, so they get happy either way. Before, Probably don't want to see me get knocked before, Yeah, before I fight, though, I always have that conversation with myself like, like, fuck you, dude. You're trying to hurt me. I'm going to hurt you. And then I get I get G'd up, and then I get happy, and then I, and then it's really fun like that. You're out the back with him, and you like sometimes he's like, He's saying that, and then he's like, "Did you turn off the stove?" And then he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> "Why do I smell like that?" <laughs> did you turn off the stove? <laughs> yes, I did. Then like switching <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. What I get, I get very anxious, as in like, uh, I want to know what 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 happened in the fight now. Like, mm. I want to know how you're going to move now. Like, I'm very to the point where I like I'm itching to find it. Like, I want to walk around the corner and ask you, like, what are you going to do, man? Like, mm. I want to see how he's moving now. But um. What fight were we at the back in? What fight were we at the back with? You, not Uriah Hall. Did you fight in Melbourne? That was it. Uriah Hall. Yeah. He was Uriah Hall and you've, uh, the, the dude, the was big, it? yeah, Roundtree. Uh, 
I thought it was the Khalil, black, the bl- I thought he fought the black guy. They're both black. Yeah, we, we oh, no, no, sorry, not Wait, Uriah Hall, the other t- black That was Tavares, um, I think. No, 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 that was Melbourne. That was Melbourne. That it was, was Uriah Melbourne. Hall and was? Khalil Roundtree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we caught the van together. That was the first time we met. Yeah, that's caught true. the van together. No, you're right. It was a Brunson, Brunson. fight. Yeah. You know yeah. why I remember that? Because, it, because of Bubbles. Yeah. The guy with the champagne, remember? Oh, that's oh. a good story, isn't it? Yeah. That was the time I smashed you in ping pong. No, you didn't. And then smash you at all the you arcade know, games. Don't say sets. bubbles, champagne, and then not tell that story. What just? It's not even a flattering story. Oh, damn it! It's like, not even a good story. Oh, it's like a, a okay. shit story. Okay, but um, keep that. To yeah, <laughs> but I smashed him at ping pong, yeah. and then took him down. You remember the arcade? Yeah, and we went down there. And I smashed him at everything else too. Now I I stopped I stopped on Street Fighter on him because he had a fight the next day and I didn't want to dispirit him. So yeah. To God. Yeah. yeah. No, True. I was Your dad was there. Your dad was there. Man, no, it's bullshit because, because you don't want him losing at all. No, have to win. It, do you, have you ever played Street Fighter on the arcade machine? Yeah. Okay. I like to think I'm pretty good at it. I know yeah. all the I know all the moves. Yeah. I'm pretty good at it. And Fab goes. <laughs> oh, that's I, that's what I do. I, I do all that. I like that as well. Okay. Like, no, we, and, and his character's doing all this crazy yeah, stuff. Never like, seen before. How do I fight this guy? Cheap he moves. doesn't know what he's yeah. doing. Like, and, <laughs> and then like it was just it was just carving me up by the end. Yeah. And then I was like, how can I fight Brunson? I can't even beat this nasty. <laughs> are you are you ever scared of your opponents, Tyson? Have you ever, do you remember being like scared? Never, no, never once. Except because my mum always, my mum always tries to do it. Like she'll see the photo, like for example, OSP or Khalil. She, oh, he's, he's big and black. Like, and I go, well, mum, like, what does welcome, that mean? Welcome to my career. I'm, I'm brown, like, and sort of big. But she, she always like gets it. And she goes, oh, like she'll see the photo and she goes, well, he's very muscly. I was like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Well, probably hits hard. I was like, mum, what are you doing right now? <laughs> what are you doing? I go, everyone hits hard. My dad's funny. My dad always goes, well, for this one, you better be fit, mate. Fitness will get you through every, yeah, every fight. Time. Every fight. <laughs> I, go, I go, dad, yeah, I'm fighting this guy. He goes, well, you'll need your fitness behind on this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Thanks, dad. Every single one. Are you ever scared? Have you been scared of your opponent? No, never. Not, not scared of him. No. Be scared of the performance. Yeah, I. Or of not performing. I, I don't. To be honest, I don't care if I win or lose. I just want to get out there and give a good account of myself. Yeah. That that's all. That. Like when I when I pray before I fight and everything, I just want the ability to go out there and let it all out. And mm. whether I win or lose is is I don't I don't, doesn't doesn't bother me. You know. What about you, Tyson? Same. I want to ask you both 100%. a question. If I could pick, for, if there was a Superman, like a Superman dude, like a really yeah. good fighter in your respective weight division. Tyson. Other than Tyson. <laughs> and you could fight him versus maybe have five easier fights and stay undefeated. Or you could fight this guy. I'm going Superman. You go Superman? Yeah. It's the same with what happened with this fight. They offered me like 15 and 23 and 30. I'm going to take eight every time. They gave me OSP. I was like, it's, I'm, if, like uh, everyone's going to be a hard fight now. Like so, why wouldn't you top the, take the top mm. guys? I've got, I want to, I want to fight the badasses. I'm not here to try and fight the middle. I want to fight the best. Yeah, no, like I wouldn't be able to live with myself knowing I didn't pick the hardest. Yeah, so, like I would know I'm a bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like, I wouldn't need to tell anyone else, but I would know, and it'd keep me up at night. No, but even if you could stay undefeated, <laughs> oh, it, I don't care. Like yeah. also, it depends. Like in this hypothetical world, what are the chances of like, am I fighting who? Am I fighting? 
someone of, of who, whose caliber? Like, who are you about to say Fab then? No, nah, no. Nah, you were. Nah. He went like this. He goes, am I funny? And then he goes, someone of a... Classic. That was rude. He no. went, you went to. You went no, to. No, no, no. Like, That's all right. Am I, am I, am I, am I fighting Bambi? Like yeah. three times in a row with the same financial incentive as everyone else. Oh, here we go. Yeah, that's, old, that's a good old point. Old clean house. Yeah. If I'm fighting some dude who can barely walk, yeah. three times in a row with the same purse as the one. Yeah, fight? yeah, no, 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 that's fair because even now I'm looking at it and like, if I fight a top ten guy, yeah. I'm still fighting the same as if I was fighting. Oh yeah, a top you're 10 getting guy. paid the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so th- if they told me, "Hey, do you want main event?" I'll be like, "No." <laughs> you want me to fight main, five rounds for twenty? <laughs> main event get a bigger dressing room, but I don't care. See, I want a bigger paycheck. There's a there's a very true thing to what you're saying there too. Like, so can you explain that, Tyson? Because a lot of people don't understand this either. Because oh, okay. you know you know what happens is the crowd, the the crowd, the the, the audience, so to speak, they only hear. God didn't want to take he the fight take or said fight. no yeah. or whatever and I don't want to put words in your mouth but I think a lot of it is like you're not saying no to the opponent you're saying no to the to money contract, yeah. can you so, elaborate um, on it? Uh, I signed for 10 and 10 and then you uh, every time you have like maybe a win streak two fights in a row whatever they can bump your contract or however try to renegotiate uh, yeah. keep you locked in yeah so you try and renegotiate your contract you're trying to get more money so if I'm signed for 10 and 10 and they go hey we want you to fight John Jones for the title no matter what I'm fighting John Jones for 10 and 10 so oh actually I think that's a bad example because for the title you get an yeah, automatic yeah, yeah. 100,000 very bad example yeah. so no, say, say you're fighting minutes, number yeah. 2 so you're fighting for 10 and 10 for some badass rather than if you get a win streak you get your fight pay up to mm. 100 and 100 and now you go okay now I'll fight Komei mm. so I, I do understand what you're saying with that whereas you you, you want to make your money we want to get paid for what we're yeah. doing we're, that's like yeah, and that's what I was saying like like a couple of times I've been I've been main event a couple of times now <laughs> and this was before I was uh, I, I got the belt or anything and they're like man congratulations you're main event what does it feel any change I'm like nah like nothing yeah. zero just not you, only that it's not a title and I've got to yeah. do five rounds now yeah, no, five <laughs> rounds. it's like I get nothing else yeah. I get nothing extra I'm in the still crappy hotel room yeah. I still get the economy co-main but Bang, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's great money. Yeah. But yeah, if financial, like, but the thing is, and the way I've also <laughs> seen it with, with, with your little high, um, thing there. Which thing? The thing you're just saying, the high, hypothetical. The, the, oh, those scratches. Good, real, one real hard fight or the three real easy fights. Like, how easy? Because in middleweight and especially light heavyweight, if dude hits you hard, yeah. you're going yeah. out, man. Yeah, 100%. Like, like they're all no real. And nah, I, I agree. Number yeah. 50 hits just as hard yeah. as number two. Like, and everyone's around the same level now. Like, yeah, a, and even that, like, everyone's a pit, it takes, everyone's It strong. just takes one lucky shot. Yeah. You know, so Back like- to number 50. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, it's not a matter of if I want to fight 28, 38, or one, because 28 is just as dangerous as one. 38 is just as 100%. dangerous as one. Like, you know what I mean? 100%. Who, who's the hardest- fight you've had other than your dad but like not just you have seen necessarily might have been in one of those lower um, promotions etc Khalil hit me hard um, but uh, Latifi was just a strong wrestler he the, that was probably and it was the first time I went three rounds so hardest fight yeah what, what was that like can you tell us what you, can you remember stuff about it can you I just remember messing up he was uh, uh, it, it showed that he was a veteran he was uh, more experienced he changed his game completely from what I was 
prepared for and I didn't change it on the time. And I think I just got ahead of myself when I was like, man, I'm fighting a top 10 guy. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like sort of contempt. Do you, know what, yeah, no, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like just even contempt, not yeah. like feeling shit. I was like, oh, top 10 guy. I was fighting in a pub the to like a year ago so sort of looking so at you were like happy that. to just be yeah kind well of thing? i was just like i i, I want with everyone else i'm kill mode but i remember walking back and forth in the fight and i was like fuck i wonder where rosie's sitting and i was like oh shit yeah. so i'm pumping myself out because i knew i wasn't on in the zone because by already by that time i'm already looking at my opponent ready to go and i was like does that make you nervous or scared knowing that you're not in the well zone? I, that i was just like what's going on it was like a first first time that i haven't been locked on and so i just i wasn't scared i was just like we're in for a tough night tonight so uh i knew it was going to be a long night it was um i was doing everything wrong when he was coming forward i was trying to throw a kick when he was going backwards i was trying to throw hands so uh th- that's just one of the basic things i was messing up and didn't change the game plan for what he had uh and uh, sorry back to even with pay if we could quickly go back there please um, whatever you want uh as uh, a well a big part of it is so i've got one sponsor and they're the ones that help me out but i think a lot of people don't realize as well we're not like uh um even nrl or nfl where they get whatever they get paid that's theirs so like at my level with one sponsor whatever i get paid i'm putting back into myself i'm paying for my camps my first camp was almost all out of my savings uh cost me 40 grand uh, to go to jackson's so but i was like that was my first big camp so i was like everything's going back into myself but we've still got to pay our own doctors our own physios it's our own crazy team. like um, it's people, not like teams <coughs> people don't realize this but we're like a we're like a business a yep. company and like like 60 percent of everything we earn gets put back in the overheads 100 percent. like it's it's crazy like people see the figure you get and you're like oh you just made mint yep. it's like no cut that yep. in half and then half that again 30 percent coaches um management uh then add in fight week minimum this isn't even camp fight week paying for uh your coaches flights coaches uh um you pay for your room. coaches <laughs> Well, everyone's got to pay their own thing you said for us <laughs> oh, oh. All, all, the co- all your coaches have to pay themselves and pay your ticket <laughs> tell us more Tyson tell us more dead. I'm fucking learning dead. on the job dead <laughs> dead <laughs> ah. Rob's like fuck this guy <laughs> sorry Tyson you were saying you pay your coaches go on yeah, well, I, I thought know. the UFC UFC would pay for two coaches one, or one. one. I, and I believe it used to be two but when WME came it was one yeah. Wow. So. Was it ever two, Rob? Nope. Oh, no. it wasn't? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, it was never two. I believed wrong. It's two if you're like champion. Yeah, all right. So how many do you get? Three. Two. Two. I think two. Oh, yeah, two. all right, go on. And if just two rooms. Yeah. Or three. I don't know. But I know it doesn't change. It's one and one. Yeah. You, you get one, one additional flight and one additional room. Yeah. Of, that's how it's always been. Mm-hmm. Like, um... Yeah, but it's it's absolutely ridiculous. We could we could rant about the pay structure of the UFC all day. Let's not let's not dive. Is this him way. trying to change the subject? Let's, let's not, not talk about. Let's not let's talk not, about coaches getting let's, paid. Let's not talk about coaches' pays or anything like that or flights. Let's or not make it awkward. Let's just let's just move on. No. What were you saying before, Fab? <laughs> so no. do you, is, is it how do you how do you balance? Uh, your life financially and whatnot as an up-and-coming fighter do uh, a lot of appearances um manager gets onto the appearances they help out a little bit um looking for sponsors i have like some big hopefully big sponsors like 
the the worst thing in Australia is we're not only trying to sell ourselves to sponsors, we then have to sell MMA to them. To sell the sport, yeah, because we're not. Uh, it's not that, as established. In that's Australia been one yet. of my biggest goals, and I, I I can see it's also one of your goals mm-hmm. when I when I see you on Instagram, when I see you on Facebook doing your thing, that we're trying to drive the sport to a position that it's in, on par with all the other yep. revere, uh, respected sports. You know, that's all we're trying to do is just get it to that level so that. Yeah. God, not us, because like by the time by the time the changes happen, we'll we be won't going, be, no, you know, But it, it's for the other guys that say, you know what, I want a career in MMA. Yep. Like they can actually go for it, and not yep. have to sleep on a couch or in the back seat of their car yep. while they train four times a day. You've heard like yep. that story Everything. so many Everything. times, and that's why it's a big thing, and that's what I want to do. What Cowboy's done because uh, he won't charge a lot of those guys that he's bringing over, like to stay at his house for free and stuff. And that's what I want to do for Australia: do like a super gym where. Just, just in my backyard as well. So, like, invite all these bad dudes and just go, hey, man, if you're in town, come through, come train. And that's. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. You, you never thought to just move to the US, being that you're a US citizen, and how easy that would be? Yeah, we have. But my wife's got a better job than me, and I plan on being a stay-at-home dad in two years. <laughs> no, no she's like no, her, her, her job's important so um i i plan on not even be fighting uh probably shouldn't be saying this but i reckon five solid years and then um a good run of the title and then probably um uh, let let the wife get her uh career going it's a very selfish sport and uh you know she's uh, backs me 100 percent, so i'm gonna do that for her but that that's can we ask what she does like oh she just works uh, she's uh, pretty high up in westpac she does the hr hr there so um hopefully ceo of westpac and then bang bang good money (laughs) (laughs) but but the 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 big thing i think it's smart as well like for you to to because you sort of see dudes that that have been fighting for a long time and that and it's that fighter like ty ty he's like i'll be fighting my whole life uh mark he's 42 still banging on i don't want to like I, I, when I, I've, I'll always do martial arts because it's that you never um, go. But to be at the professional level, training that whole time, always turned on a hundred percent. I don't see me doing it for a, a very crazy long time. Plus, uh, I'm already ugly enough. Like I've taken enough punches to the head. The thing is, like I think, like a lot of what you said, I'm, I'm very much along the same wavelength. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be fighting forever. But I think people like Bam Bam and and, and Mark Hunt, they. They don't see fighting as we do. No, they're fighting. Like, yeah, they're. It, it's as if they're just. That's just them. That's how they're gonna do it. Like this is. If it's I don't e- punch people either, in the ring, I'm yeah, gonna punch I mean, people they, outside. Either I'm gonna. I'm either getting paid for it or I'm not. Yeah. Like I'm oh, still punching is, someone. Yeah, but this is what I'm doing. Someone's getting hit tonight. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Um. Whereas, oh, for, for myself, like when I fight, every last ounce of everything I have goes into that fight and mm-hmm. it destroys me. Yeah. Like I leave that fight a little bit less yeah. of who I was. Yeah, I can agree <laughs> with know, that because after every fight, I go straight on holidays. Yeah, it is, it is soul-wrenching. Just complete rest. Don't even talk about fighting, nothing. Don't want to hear about it. So that's why it's hard because as soon as you know, when you're walking in the dress sheds, they're almost already asking who the next fight is. Yeah, yeah Mark and both of them, eh? but Mark and Bam Bam are like that. Like They're like, Oh, fight now, fight oh, no. next week if yeah. you can. I mean, just with UFC, yeah. you know, when you're walking back, they're already going, "Hey, do you want this fight next?" And they're like, "Lad, just, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. got, I just got bashed." <laughs> and and the thing people don't understand, you know, like because I, I I don't fight, I'm not a fighter, and when I when I watch, like, say what Rob's gone gone through, and then they ask him, 
Like say when, when you beat Romero the first time and then they're like, what about Rockhold next? And they got the microphone and you're like, dude, like you're still pumped to the My adrenaline. Knees busted. You don't even know what, what injuries you have. You yep. know what I've I mean? I've done a couple of interviews in the last week and people are asking me like Gastel next. I'm yeah. like, what are you talking about? I haven't fought Romero yet. Yeah. Like, uh, I, same thing. They're asking who I'm going to fight with the top five. I was like, well, OSP. Yeah. I'll be fighting OSP. Yeah, then, I know that for a fact. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'll let you know after if I think yeah. of someone. Let me tell you how that goes. Yeah, right now in my sights, there's one fight. Speaking of OSP, what do you like? Crazy strong. He's just a freak athlete. Uh, you, you know, you see him, people go for double legs and just lifts them up. It's just uh, Von Flew, gets everyone with the Von Flew. It's just, a, it's just a big dude that can hit hard and is dangerous. But, you know, that's a, you, everyone's dangerous and are going to work around it try and work my game plan what do you think of him what does he bring to the table that maybe some of your past opponents haven't that left kick comes up fast like that's a big power left kick and you know when it's kicking on your arms and he's kicking your body kicking your body and then everyone seems to drop their hands you can only take it so much and eventually he just lifts it up a little bit catches it um he's a he's a little bit slower but that's because of the power so everyone brings a new puzzle and that's my favorite part of martial arts i feel like you that that's some uh, uh, like I've, I've increased watching tape but i still don't watch tape anywhere near as a lot of people i Do enjoy your coaches watch it yeah I, I but and then they'll go okay i think this will work i think this will work i think i'll take it on board yep okay we'll do this implement this but i think my favorite part of fighting is working out that puzzle while i'm in the cage like i like going in there okay feel it bang 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 you, you were in Albuquerque now for how long? Four weeks. Did you work with John Jones? Was he training? Was no. He, I'll ask that because he yeah. went five rounds with. OSP. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I spoke to him. Yeah, I spoke to him. Um, and he, yeah, he was. Uh, I, yeah, I got all the notes from all the, from all the coaches from the fight. Um, obviously, that wasn't one of John John's best performances. He still won the fight, but he wanted to do a lot more. Uh, it was his first fight back after I think a year year off but uh, uh, this is the first camp that I got to work with Greg Jackson and uh, Brandon Gibson uh, some people might not know when you go to one of these big gyms as well just because you're going there and just because you're paying doesn't mean you're going to get to work with those coaches you know they've got so many high level guys that are already on their board they might not take you on board so this was the fourth camp there and I've only just got on to work with them and it was pretty amazing as a martial artist I think it's the most I've developed in the past few years okay what um <coughs> What do you, your opponent Romero? You fought him once. What's yeah. what's um, your feedback? Well, it was a nightmare the first time. To be honest, <laughs> it was a it was a slog. Uh, gone five rounds with that dude was it was it was hard. It was it was very tiring. It was a war of attrition, and they're the worst wars. <laughs> um, but I I think to be honest, I feel this fight is going to take a very similar turn. I think it's just going to be a war of attrition, and you know I'm not going to quit. I have an interesting question to ask you. Can you tell me, like, obviously without insulting each other, or insult each other for the viewers. Um, <laughs> for the viewers. <laughs> but uh, what do you think, like, how do you see the fight? So you go first, Romero and Rob. Like, how do you see, not necessarily who's going to win, but how do you see what's your, if you're going to give your opinion on how the fight's going to go or how the fight could go, regardless of result what do you see uh, i think it's going to be very different to the first one so uh, only in the fact that rob was fighting with a bung knee like uh i don't think he's gonna get hit with the same thing and it's going to be impressive because he's just next level uh just the high pace the movement it's uh, i don't think romero will be able to keep up and he was doing that one-legged so imagine what he can do with two oh. <laughs> so you you 
can you tell us what it's like to train with Rob? Like, what, how you find Sucks. him? Sucks, I got wrestle fucked this morning. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's high pace. So the first time we sparred, I just did not have his timing. I think we were sparring at uh, Bulldogs. And he's just able to cover distance very fast. And I think my head touched my ass when he hit me with that first jab. So, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, he's just um, that. That was what caught me off guard the first time. So you know, when you uh, with with everything, it's not until you start getting that feel of his timing, everything still work out. But the high pace, the wrestle, uh, just the scramble was a big part as well. He's always scrambling to be on top or win that scramble. So. What's the when you say the timing? What is it about the timing that you you find difficult to gauge? Well, just uh, so usually with a jab, there's a lot of reads. So with the jabs, I'll drop the shoulder before to launch the jab, or they have to step in their foot a little bit closer. He's already jumping on both feet and then launches his whole body behind that jab. So yeah, what it's it's always going to go that that way, and that goes really fast. Let's not discount the fact though the the first sparring session, you cut me. Oh yeah. Solid, solid uppercut. Yeah, you just look like a maniac, eh? Yeah, went hard because after <laughs> right. we, after my head touched my ass, I was like, not again. <laughs> but no, no, nice. I think it was my thumb or something <laughs> caught his eye. Just grazed me. Yeah. Just... What do you think, OSP and uh, Tyson? Yeah, you know, I think <clears throat> as as Tyson said before, OSP is an athlete and he's quite well rounded. But I think that's the only thing he has going for him. He's just well rounded. He's a big guy, mm-hmm. and he's just well rounded. I think I think Tyson's much more methodical on his approach. I think he's going to get in there, and you're going to stick to your game plan like you always do. You're very methodical with your approach in these fights, and I just I don't see OSP being able to do anything with it, and you just slowly breaking him down, slowly breaking him down, and uh, like you have tricks of your own. I've seen you. I've seen you head kick. It's there. Mm. I've seen you punch. You, your movements real well. You scramble as well. You got. You got your own submission game. Like you've been doing combat sports your whole life. So, I think. <clears throat> I think you're both well-rounded fighters. I just think you're better at it. What's it like to train with Tyson? Uh, very hot and cold, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty, pretty much. I was like, the, fuck, I just get through him so easily. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. I don't know if he's there. So, like the the jab, like why is he blocking with his nose? Like is that a, is that a trick? Like is he trying not? Is he trying to get hit? I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Maybe he's trying to hurt my hands with his head. Why does he keep, why does he keep staying on the bottom? What the fuck? Like, why does he keep letting me take him down? Now, um, yeah, I just. Tyson is a big guy. I think the credit to him, he's a big guy. He's a massive guy. But he weighs three kilos heavier, lighter than me, and he's two weeks from fight week. I'm four weeks out. He's bigger than, pe- than people think. Huge. Like, just because he's a midget doesn't mean he's not doesn't weigh a lot. Oh, not midget. Like, oh, no, that's more. Just no, but, but height restricted. At, yeah, like small, like for yeah, a normal human like, being. Like compared to everyone up. else. Yeah, But like. he's bigger than people think, gay. Well, it's because his body is proportionate, but he's just wide. I'm like an optical illusion. Yeah. <laughs> and short. You got to look at me from a certain side. Yeah. No, like, um, yeah, no, you're, uh, huge respect for you, honestly, though. You come, you've come into a lot of sessions and hard sessions, like sparring, Grappling and you've been to the grappling session now. You know they're not light. Like they're yep. fast-paced grappling sessions and wrestling sessions, and and like you just adapted so well to it. You're not trying to make a name for yourself. You're not trying to hurt people. You're not going because his name's not big enough. You think? <laughs> no, but like <clears throat> he, especially with those sort of sessions, it's very easy for blood to get into your vein, like get to your head, and you you start you know getting a bit rough and you start 
playing playing it a bit differently. Jacob, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Jacob. Uh, what happened with Jacob? I left. I must have left. <laughs> no, he, he, donkey kicked me on the chin this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mate, I thought we were friends. I was no, just over a single league. Pride rules. Yeah. Pride rules. <laughs> Jacob's still making his name. Bro. He's yeah, still, he's still trying to work his way up. Tyson H. Yeah. No, but you just, you just come in like you're obviously going. You're being very nice. You know, you're not trying to hurt anyone. You're not. You're not. I see you get locked sometimes, or get into a position where you could do some damage and you don't and uh, I appreciate that I'm sure the team appreciates that uh, um, we, we love having you it's there a, it's the same with you man like a, uh, the, you know you've been training that long and if I could go back the, I learned this from James Zahuna he was like if he could go back and I, same thing happened with me he would choose his training partners so you'd, you never want to be that guy He's, he has so many injuries and same as me because of some guy who's come into the gym so no matter what gym you go in, mm. you, it's like anything. You do, if you go into a group of friends at school, you're not going to come in and try and say, I'm the man. You're mm. going to go in there, fit in, and well, not fit in, but make it like gel with the team and make it work so you're welcome back <coughs> again. Yeah, it's, it's, it, and you've done that. You've organically just come in and join the team and, and become part of it all. And No, it's, it's, it's great to, to train together. James is a pioneer in Australian MMA. And, 100%. Um, I, I, I always I always followed his career like I like James a lot and um, that what you're saying as well like it would be hard because being who he was at the time there would have always been someone that like it might be James's third session of the day and the dude and I see this still now mm-hmm. and, and sometimes like guys come in like this and I'm like no nah, you can't partner up with Rob and yep. like, Rob might not even know about it and they're like oh but I'm here to train and I'm yep. like yeah but you've you, you'd like have a like periodization chart yep. for today yep. and it's his third or fourth <laughs> yeah, session yeah, exactly do you know what I mean this exactly. goes like on an Olympic cycle for yep. that day and so that would have been very very hard yeah, especially when I was in the early days when UFC was like the massive thing like uh, he was one of the first Australia well, in Australia doing it I think he was the first Australian to win a fight here oh was he in, in wow. Australia, I think. Yeah, but yeah. and that's uh, like it was. Just, it's crazy because you have all of these guys who look at, watch UFC back in the early days, so they were just as big fans as they were training partners. So they're coming in and go, I can get it over him. The the culture for it was different, <coughs> especially. I don't know. I found the culture here. Some, sometimes, if you're in the same gym with, like, um, with a dude who is much better than you or something, I, I feel like sometimes the guys just go. I could take him, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. try to put it on you. Yeah. But that would happen in the US, and or it happens in, everywhere in the big. Oh, camps. for sure, for it sure. Everywhere. Uh, Jackson's wasn't uh, isn't too bad, and like there's always levels to this. Like usually, uh, if you can, that's what you when you've been around gyms for so long, you get a read pretty quick. Like you see how that guy's going to go, and you go, okay, well I'm going to bump it up a couple levels for you, and then like make sure that I'm not going to go easy like when I'm training with you guys I'm like okay if I'm doing if you're going to try and hurt me I'm going to definitely maim you yeah, so, yeah. and that's how it is when you go in soft and then they go oh and then they're always the first ones to go what are you doing man yeah, I was like come so on bro <laughs> don't um, what's it like to, to, to how hard is it to find the right training partners crazy over here because like well you're saying like Rob's the best in Australia so to come out here and train with him is like a big deal there's no one else like like heavyweight you just have to travel uh, everywhere to try so I'll just go try and wrestle with the best guys try and kickbox with the best guys try and do that and then try and bring it together 
Yeah, but how hard, not so much from a skills perspective, how hard is it to oh, find foods that... No, not too bad. It's gotten a lot better. Uh, it, back in the days, it was terrible. Uh, and I'm, I know I'm only young, but I'm still in EFG days. Like Everyone's got a chip on their shoulder, especially out west. Everyone wants to be hard. Everyone wants to be the toughest guy. So Especially with the gym rivalries as well. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like the culture's changed a little bit, yeah. but uh, especially for, for athletes like ourselves but gym rivalries were huge yeah massive like, like I was saying dad used to dad and Tony Vanilla they'd go because it was hard to get fights as well so yeah, just go around to different gyms say who's your best guy let's fight how much of a fighter was your dad yeah massive but he was doing like bare knuckle the underground stuff tr- trying to make money so um, he, he, he had uh, I think it was six black belts in all different styles uh, just always had been around martial arts um yeah and then once he was one of the first guys doing like mma proper in australia uh what what is it with your dad and his love for martial arts fighting yeah it's just uh, i don't even know where it came from to be honest Uh, no but obviously it shows like a massive amount of dedication to get those black belts yeah for sure where do you think that came from I'm not. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I think he actually liked hurting people before, so he tried to go and find the best ways. Like I remember, he was trying to make up a style where pretty much every move that was banned in every martial art that he did, he would make that part <laughs> of his Zalia, martial art. Zalia, heel hooks and yeah, so if, <laughs> and, and no attacks to the spine, only attack the spine. <laughs> yeah. so back punches to the back of the head, <laughs> like all. <laughs> that was his idea. <laughs> so I, I don't. Yeah, I think that was it. He just. Do you think it helped? Did it? Did it exacerbate the situation or did it make it better for him as a person? Um, definitely better. Martial arts, uh, and I always recommend martial arts for kids, Dis- discipline-wise, uh, self, self-growth, self-growth because it translates straight into life. Mm. You always want to be a better martial artist. You always want to be better and you're trying to better yourself every day. And I think that translates straight over. If you want to be a better person, uh, trying to be a better person every day. So... That's why I like martial arts. Do you have brothers, sisters? Yeah, brother and sister. They used to they used to train. My sister was a killer. Uh, Isaac was like half killer. He was like that. <laughs> <laughs> half killer. <laughs> well, like here's an example. So when he went into a jiu-jitsu tournament, he whispered tap into the guy's ear so he would roll off. And when he rolled off, he like went bang and jumped on him. And we <laughs> knew it did. That's how Eli rolled. <laughs> he was like tap, tap, bang. Yep. So, but but dad used to make them spar. Uh, I remember Blackdown hit squad. Isaac Briley was bashing my little brother Isaac, and he just rocked her with a big overhand right. Like who the, rocked who? Ah, uh, so she, my sister was like beating him up. Who's older? My sister, and uh, and he just did this big haymaker, bang, clocked her, and I was, I was like, oh, glassy, and dad was like, stop. <laughs> that's like Isaac the only reason he did the haymaker was because he was like getting the teary eyed angry sort of haymaker but he's uh, so one time I let him spar me and he was like uh, I had a bloody nose I was just letting him punch me and I walked out and my dad saw my nose bleeding and he was like oh you reckon you want to come here and try and put Tyson on show he's like in his gym so he made Isaac spar him and I'll never forget it because Isaac did like a fake knockout my dad hit him and he went <laughs> he went down the ropes like this <laughs> and he might as well have just <laughs> dad, just, dad was so angry dad booted him and was like get up he's like oh okay 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 <laughs> sorry did uh, he play football your brother yeah played uh, under 20s for St. George and Bulldogs I think um, 
man hard 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 football career and this is what i say about football i've like my only main injury was from rugby union he's had two shoulder recos at 20 so pretty much retired now i uh, had to put the ch- had to put his pecs to his shoulder just to hold the shoulders in they just kept both coming out broken wrists broken ankles so that's a hard sport and bam bam was a football player too yeah well, um, he was a gunner yeah played for roosters um uh yeah how much deal? How much you don't train with Bam Bam at all? Yeah, but it's it just he's just too big. Like uh, I like training with middleweights or my weight because smaller guys. Yeah, because Light it's weight, the easier weights. like me, smaller guys. It makes it easier to like beat them. But, <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no, I just uh, because I, I like I honestly believe they're a lot faster. They're more technical and uh, it's probably closer to to what fight. you fight. Yeah. More exactly. than a heavyweight. Exactly. Uh, um, you know, heavyweights try to land that one clean punch or like a big takedown. And not only that, it takes so much for me to get around that guy's legs, man. Like I'll, I have to put everything in for just to shoot on He's his single on his leg. feet too. And it just bumps his hip. I've hurt my shoulders so many times just going in for a single and him just going with his big ass tree trunk legs. Because same thing, his, his body's in proportion. So we're like everyone looks at him and goes oh there's no way he's 160 kilos yes he is I do yeah. I look at oh, him really? and go you look like and a giant human you look at him not until he sits next to you yeah. when, when you see him from far away you go oh he's pretty big well, he doesn't look yeah, like 160 you see him from a plane maybe <laughs> from out of space yeah. <laughs> yeah. he looks huge <laughs> like dude oh, okay. I, don't, I don't know just, but you're a big guy yeah. but I look at him and but I, when like, I sit next to him you, like his legs are like two of my legs like he's he's got big toes like everything's big <laughs> you know what I mean? he's, he's a, how do you see his fight with uh, I want to see Arlovsky and Bam Bam I think that's a tough fight I think Arlovsky's very well rounded um, but Bam Bam has surprised me so many t- oh he hasn't surprised me he, he he does what he does and he does it well and I think I can see him going in there not giving a not giving a heck for for love shit. Not giving a shit. Not, not giving a fuck. Not giving a not shit. Giving a fuck. You've sworn before. We've heard well, you. Not giving a shit, isn't it? <laughs> for for I love his plan and just putting it putting him to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just doing him. Was he at, was he at Jackson's mm. when you were there? Oh uh, no, uh, he moved to ATT now. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but I have spied him. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, so then now wait. I'll get to Eli first. We're going to come back to this. Okay. Uh, Bam Bam and Arlovsky, what do you see? Um, oh, obviously everyone's going to be cheering for Bam Bam, especially um, I think he's got a lot of love here from Western Sydney and then also from the Aboriginal community. Do you know what I mean? It was a really big moment when. So, how do you see the fight going? No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't try and get the crowd behind you. I heard you moment. say you love Arlovsky. No, a little, grippy, <laughs> little grippy moment, and then no, I think I think he's like light on his feet very explosive and stuff like mm. that the same it, it, what he says you don't know what he's going to throw and I think that's going to be really hard for Oloski yeah you reckon Ben Ben will knock him out I reckon yeah I reckon it will either be late in the first round or early in the second alright discuss you've, you've sparred with Olovsky and with Ben yeah. Ben I wouldn't well I, like I don't know we don't spar hard I, like I'm not never gone into full knockout so um uh, Arlovsky's tricky that's the thing uh, like he he hit me with a spinning back heel, heel kick like a little snappy one so he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve and he's a vet and he was champion for a reason um, he's got pretty good wrestling uh, and everyone knows that that's where Ty's probably lacking out of everything but I think Ty's just going to explode through his chin 
it's um everyone underestimates Ty's speed and how quick he is and uh his ability to find the chin is crazy uh, uh yeah and when he hits you it's it doesn't matter if it's like from here it's the same as mark i've watched people rock pe- mark rock people inspiring with like that they just know how to get all of their weight into that small hand in fairness they can just get like 30 percent of their weight and it's not a small hand no big 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 big-ish hands yeah just (laughs) so so how do you reckon what do you reckon no i think but i think i have a feeling ty's gonna do what he does and just explode through arlovsky um but it's just hard because arlovsky knows that this is what's going to happen so does everyone else but that's he still does it it's uh can Arlovsky get him down you reckon it would be interesting I, i'm interested in that because to, as like as lacking as people say that ty's wrestling is or maybe his ground game he's very very hard to take down he's mm. uh very it's like mark hunt hips almost yep very very similar and i think it has a lot to do with the rugby league stuff he's just able to stay on his and feet. being a giant agile yeah and his feet are so flat it might as well be trees in the ground and have an equal weight to his legs <laughs> to his upper body <laughs> and, and he's not but in, in fairness to Ty as well he doesn't just swing for the fences like, no. he, he knows how to he, hit and that's what I mean when I say he finds the chin because it's accurate it's like he's not just hoping that one of these big shots hit he's coming through setting up and even he's getting way better at going to the body now bringing those hands down and mixing it up and yeah it's uh, he's very dangerous another thing we've been trying to get him on this show mm-hmm. on the podcast yep and He's, we he's in Thailand. No, no, prior to that even. We just haven't been able to catch him. Yeah. So if anyone can catch him, please, let's have him on the podcast at there, some point. There is a bounty. There is a bounty. There is a bounty. Let much. me just say that Ty's organizational skills are not the best. I don't know if you know this, but I, we have a half-cast podcast, and he rocks up and talks. <laughs> Everything else... <laughs> No, like I look at him and I think organized, but oh yeah, no, I think for sure. I think he's got a ledger and a journal. Yeah, he displays. He's, he's got those, you know, those old school green accounting devices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, or I, can, I don't know. I, I get a sense of organization from him. Yeah. So we're trying to get him on, but it's been hard. Okay. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll send yeah. him a message. See, where, see where he's at. So there's and a there's a there is a running bounty on Ty to bring him in here uh, for the podcast. Of a hundred dollars, nice. Excellent. So, do you use pay Ty a hundred bucks? Because do I get paid after this? Or Ty probably just rock up now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, boys, <laughs> someone's holding my money. <laughs> um, look, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up Have there. To. Thank we you very that, much. I said I had a meeting at one thirty, and you purposely ran me till I, two o'clock. I was just about and because you know Daniel Rivet sitting out yeah, there waiting. It's just a power play on my part. <laughs> I'm a really weak, insecure individual. Uh, thank you very much for coming, Tyson, on the thank podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Eli, yeah. thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks again.